Welcome to the Heaven's Devils podcast, a Force Green Rovers podcast by two Americans who don't know what they're talking about. My name is Nathan. This is Sham. Okay, quick disclaimer. Usually here you hear Sham say, Heaven's Devils podcast, blah, 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 whatever his joke is. Uh, and you're going to hear that in a second, but I just want to give you a quick note that something happened with Sham's audio. And he's like, it's the chopped and screwed version of Sham. He's, he's for some reason, has a really deep voice. It's really slowed down. Something got screwed up with his, with his audio, and I didn't hear it until now it's release time. So I'm going to try to make it as good as I can, but uh, you're going to... I, I, <laughs> It's just, it's ridiculous. You're going to hear it. It's like he's like a key witness in like a mafia case and he's in witness protection and he's given us this, this interview. Uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, it's our preseason too. It's still our preseason. So we'll figure this out before next week and we'll have a normal Sean voice. By the way, it only happens for the very beginning. Uh, once we get to the interviews, we're back to normal, but it is ridiculous. So enjoy. Heaven's Devil's podcast. The podcast of the only town honorably mentioned at the Olympics. Hey, Let's go, Gloucester that's right, Shearer. that's right. It's amazing. Uh, we got a little shout out. El Glossico got a little shout out at the Olympics. Awesome stuff, Shimmy. Yeah. Shimmy, the season starts this Saturday. How are you feeling, Shimmy? You got your dancing shoes on, Shimmy. Oh, I'm feeling excited, man. Feeling excited after the matches, uh, preseason warm-up matches, where it just seems like we've been really, really aggressive. So just super pumped. How about you? <laughs> Sorry. This is editing Nathan cutting in again. I, this, this Shams witness protection voice is killing me. Uh, this is the Heaven's Devil's Difference, people. All right, let's get back into it. Only a couple more minutes of this voice, I promise. Let's go. I'm feeling good too, Shimmy. I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, I don't know how, you know, I, don't, I have no idea how much to stock to put in a preseason. But our preseason seemed to be pretty good uh, in terms of results. Again, who knows, <laughs> you know, how much to actually put into preseason, but it seems like we put up a pretty good fight against a couple really good championship sides. I am excited, Shimmy. So excited to see what's going to happen this Saturday and this season, Shimmy. Um, Shimmy, I cannot believe the season's upon us. It came so fast, but then again, not fast enough, Shimmy. Cannot wait to get the season rolling uh, and to get us ready for the season, Shimmy. We are back potting. We are back potting to get us ready for the season. And for this Saturday, we have on EFL2, Nostradamus's experts, <laughs> whiz kids, brilliant human beings, Edward Walker and Gabriel Sutton. Amazing chat with them. Uh, we found out their player of the season, their manager of the season, who's going to be the Hector Barian Kit Sustainability Player of the Season for minimal yeah. use of material in their shorts. Any guesses? <laughs> Best award ever. Any, any guesses? Well... No, no, no. Right. no spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. And most importantly, what do they think of the mighty Forest Green Rovers this season? Spoiler alert! You're going to be very excited and optimistic about our prospects after this chat. An incredible, incredible chat. And then, Shimmy, we've already mentioned the Saturday opening day against Sutton United. What do you know about Sutton United, Shimmy? Well, I know it's not Gab Sutton's football manager squad come to life all of a sudden in EFL too. <laughs> but I didn't know much. I didn't know much. But that's why this interview was so great. Who, who did we talk to today, Nathan? That's right. Well, we, yeah, it, it is a very Sutton-y pod. Sutton all over this place. We got Gabriel <laughs> Sutton. We got Sutton United. All kinds of Sutton. But anyway, we talked to Dan, the man from Suttonland. Dan from the Gandermonium blog and podcast. The Sutton United fan podcast. He educated us all about 
what to expect this Saturday, including Jenny the Giraffe. Shout out to Jenny the Giraffe. Jimmy, thoughts on Jenny the Giraffe? Style icon. Yeah, she's a style <laughs> icon. Uh, looking forward to seeing her at the Met Ball in New York City next year. We're all the most high fashion. Let's go. Uh, let's go. So, up, so let's. We're gonna get Jenny, into it just a sec. Jimmy, you. how's your summer been though? The summer has been great. Uh, you and I actually met up in person outside. We caught a, a quick MLS match on uh, this past week. That's right. We caught an MLS match on Saturday. Yesterday, uh, no, we caught an MLS match on Friday night with our boy Jimmy Jam James. Rocking, he was rocking a Jamaican jersey. Our boy Lamb and our boy Big right. Ben. He of the Jimmy Juice. <laughs> That's right. The, the creator of the Jimmy Juice. So yeah, we saw MLS game. <laughs> My Columbus crew take on New York City FC and get absolutely crushed and embarrassed. But at least we got a goal at the end. But crazy story we posted on social media. Uh, the kid sitting in front of us saw... Sean was wearing an FGR jersey. And the kid sitting in front of us saw the jersey and was like, wait a minute, whoa, like, what, a, what an awesome jersey, guys. We're like, oh, you know Forest Green? He's like, yeah, I, I spent 12 <laughs> career mode seasons on FIFA taking them to the Champions League and winning the Champions League. We're like, what? No way! And he's like, yeah, check it out. And he showed us his phone. He took a picture of one, of one Forest Green Rovers won the <laughs> yes. Champions League. So, Shimmy, we are massive. Forest Green Rovers are everywhere. We're everywhere, man. Who would have thought? Like, just what, uh, you know, perfect timing. Serendipity, we were right there. Uh, it was awesome to see that. We got, we got him with the fist bump. The yes. vegan fist bump at the end, That's and right. you know, I you know, listen, I, I love Edward Walker and Gab Sutton, like they know their league football, but really, my Nostradamus has to be the kid Let's we met go. because he saw the future, man. We're gonna make he the Champions saw the League. Future. Give us, uh, give us seven, eight seasons. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> give us twelve. We maybe, 12. maybe we need the twelve. Uh, <laughs> Richard Hughes, there. you should hire this kid. His yeah. name's Jack, by the way. Shout out to Jack. Jack's the man. I think we've got a new Forest Green Rover fan too, and Jack. Jack so shout out man. to Jack. We should we should have him on and get some uh, advice for how to uh, what what uh, what director of football moves do we need to make to get ourselves to the Champions League? Love it. All right, Shimmy. Let's get in the pod. Enough of of us talking. Let's get into the pod. <laughs> Let's go chat first with Gabriel Sutton and hey. Edward Walker. Get hey. you all ready for the season, and then after that, we'll go straight into. Our chat with Dan, the man from Suttonland, from the Gandermonium podcast. All right, let's get into it. Take it away. We welcome to the pod two men with the most encyclopedic knowledge of the lower leagues in the world. And unlike Jack Grealish, they actually know what an encyclopedia is. Uh, first, we welcome back to the pod, friend of the pod, who, while we are all bemused as to why he agreed to come back on, uh, we all love. He is the creator of the EFL fan show an efl pundit a writer for the sack race who scored and bet victor uh, his latest league two season previews and rankings just came out on bet victor's website uh, so you got to go check that out uh, we are honored to have back the owner and chairman of the newly promoted sutton united gabriel sutton welcome gabriel uh thank you for inviting me on Nathan. it's a pleasure uh great to have you we are honored and then we also have the founder of the Match Day Man, a stadium guide for grounds, all the way up from the all the way up to the Premier League, all the way down to the National League Scottish Championship. He also covers the best league in the world, Skybet League Two, in depth. Uh, and you all know him as the co-host on the amazing, and I mean amazing, D3 D4 Football Podcast. 
one of the best podcasts, if not the best podcast covering the lower leagues. A Texas Ranger from Staffordshire, Staffordshire, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Edward Walker, welcome Edward. Thank you for having me, thank you, some very kind words there. Um, Staffordshire, we'll go with that, I know you. Staffordshire. I have a lot of time with your county names, but yeah, Staffordshire, that's great, I'm great to be part of this. Oh, great to have you, man. Staffordshire, okay, it's like Gloucestershire. All right, we got it. I, I have great trouble pronouncing some of these names. Even our own rival, Cheltenham. Now I can get it, but forever I was saying Cheltenham. I, I don't know. I, I like say. Cheltenham anyway. more. I think it's cooler anyway. Go with that. Let's go. All right. I'm going with that then. <laughs> Cheltenham. Cheltenham it is. Um, which, by the way, I have some beef with you, Gabriel, because I see you didn't relegate them from League One, sadly. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. I love it. And Edward, I'm glad to see you're not a cartoon. You know, your Twitter avatar is a cartoon. Yeah. He's a real yeah. person. It's true. That's Fair true. But I don't, don't get my normal face on there, do you? You just get the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that for a while now. I quite like it. <laughs> well, it's probably smart. You know, you know well, Gabriel and I were just talking before we were recording how uh, you get a, you can get a lot of negative backlash based on your opinion. So it's probably smart just to keep a cartoon up there so no one knows. <laughs> When you, t- when you talk bad about Sheffield Wednesday, oh, nobody knows what you actually look like. Don't worry about that. I've had some names. <laughs> <laughs> you get some, oh. as usual. So, Gabriel, you just released your previews, your predictions for <laughs> League 2, League 1, and the championship. How fun is that to do? And then how much heat do you get from people who hate your rankings? Wow, goodness. Um, it's, um, it's certainly very challenging. I, um, I think... It's one of those things where you can you can have certain good feelings towards clubs in terms of the structure in place and the ability there, and you might like the manager. But you've also got to balance that with you know the size of the club. So there'll be other clubs that maybe have bigger expectations that maybe don't have uh, the um, the sort of the right structure. So I think Forest Green, for example, are a very well run football club. Um, probably not the biggest football club uh, in the world, but it's, um, it's I mean, it's growing. Uh, <laughs> <You're> international <laughs> podcasters, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, it's been a really fun challenge. I've kind of worked towards over two or three months and um, yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably happy with, with what I've managed to put together. Oh, well, so am I. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, let's get back to the best league in the world then league two and i might change that if we get promoted to league one next year but anyway uh so let's get let's get on the league two uh let's do a little little season preview here i want to talk players first um and then talk teams and uh so just to note while most of these uh are actual efl end of season awards there may be one or two that we made up so just use your best judgment on those um all right so first question gabriel who do you think is going to be the young player of the season? And then I want to hear from Edward. Um, in League Two, I'm really excited about Lewis Co- um, Lewis Collins at, uh, at Newport County. Now, you may be familiar with Nathan with the story that former uh, Forest Green player Aaron Collins, that's his brother. But I think Lewis Collins is a really exciting player for, for Newport County. He's extremely energetic. I think he had a good, goal, a good season last year. And I think that if he can add goals and products to his game, I see him going really well and possibly getting maybe championship offers next summer. Wow. And dagger to the heart because he played so well against us in the playoffs. Uh, Edward, what about you? You know what? You're going to like this. Um, I'm going to go with Dokes. 
Let's Good go. Joker Godwin release. I am, I am honestly such a big fan of him. I'm yeah. not entirely certain, to be honest, he's going to be here all season because I feel like he's going to follow something like Liam Kitchen and be one of those that just jumps up to the league and deservedly so. I absolutely love him on the right side of the fence. I think he's wonderful. You can play him in a possession-based system. He's maybe not the biggest in terms of what you think of a natural defender, but he's so intelligent mm-hmm. on the ball and he's going to have a great career and I hope he can have a great season with Forest Green. Nathan, is it oh, uncalled? Is it uncalled that you call him? Or, or is there an is Uncle there, sure there's, or is, is there it, a nickname? It may be now. It may be uh, now. Okay. Well, we have Uncle nicknames Dokes. for everybody. For Dokes, <laughs> Dokes is just kind of we, we gotta we gotta step our game up for Dokes. Dokes is the one we don't have a uh, nickname for. It's just Dokes, but we're gonna get it. Well, last year was great because we had Stokes and Dokes in the back. Uh, I say, I say well. Dokes, Dokes is a nickname in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. It is. Because Steve, uh, Stephen Edge, I think, used to have a footballer called Francois Zoker, and I think he also played for Yeovil, and he was nicknamed Uncle Zoke. So I'm thinking Uncle Zoke. Uh-oh. I think it might come. I, and, and you know what? He's got the wisdom of an uncle, too. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much <laughs> you guys know, but we had, him on the, yeah, we had him on the pod, and oh, my goodness, just blown away by his maturity, his thoughtfulness, his kindness, his uh, every, just incredible, incredible human being off the pitch. And then you mentioned all the great things he does on the pitch, but it was uh, beautiful. Like we, we asked him, like, you know, what would you do if you weren't a footballer? He's like, you know, I want to be a social worker. I want to help people. You know, oh. his mom is his hero. It, it, just a beautiful human oh, being. How wonderful. Um, awesome. Yeah. And an awesome, awesome player. We plan on having, having him on, back on the pod. So we're going to ask him if he's going to leave us in January. Hopefully not. But I, <laughs> I, I will say I was shocked that we were able to re-sign him this summer. He was one of those players who I was sure, sure was going to be gone to, to a, a, a team a few leagues above us. Uh, but I think really the, the, the opportunity to play, he was, he was the player for us who played the most last year of anyone else. And for a long stretch, he never missed us. He didn't miss a single game. Um, so I think the opportunity to, to just get all that playing time really appealed to him. Uh, but we'll have him on. We're going to ask him those tough questions when, when we get him on. But that's beautiful nice. to hear you say that. Uh, yeah, I, I that. generally mean it. I, I absolutely love him. There's a lot of players I like oh. at this level, but he's definitely one of them. I think he's fantastic. I love it. I love it. So uh, everyone talks about long throwers. And now that Ben Tozer is in League One, who will be the pundit's new favorite long thrower of the season that they're going to mention every single week? Like literally every I'm single week. Uh, Gabriel. Oh, <laughs> that's a very good question. Um, let me just get it. So in terms of uh, the teams that are um, up there, I mean, we also saw... Um, Josh Kayode, who was at Carlisle last season, he was quite good from the long throw perspective. Uh, Ryan Jackson's now at Gillingham now, isn't he? Um, I, I, you might have caught me out a little bit there. I, I would struggle to think of a good long throw. Oh, um, there's a guy called Dan Jones who's at Port Vale who might not be first <laughs> choice. But, well, um, <laughs> oh, go, go on, Ed, what have you got? No, I had Dan Jones. I completely oh. agree with you. Completely agree with you. <laughs> All right, all right, noted. And now we have to. Now we know. Richard Hughes knows who we need to move the advertising boards up on this year. Yeah, if you play Port Vale, I'll be ready for it. All right, beautiful. When we played Cheltenham last year, we moved all the ad boards like really close to the (laughs) touchline to prevent the Ben Tozer long throw. Um, Okay, so also who's moved on now? Now that Joby Mackinoff has retired, who is the new? best looking player in League 2 and why is it Kevin Ellison? Why is it Kevin Ellison? Oh dear. <laughs> in League 2. Okay, you don't, you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer that one. Uh, but seriously, how many more Kevin Ellison trialist 
slash Harry Potter Lord Voldemort tweets is Newport County going to put out? That was such uh, a good tweet. Depends, so Depends how many goals he gets. Depends how many goals he gets. It was it was so good. I'm a little worried they're going to do what we do on this pod, which is run the joke into the ground. But no, j- to be real, I loved it. I love the jo- I-, I love Kevin Ellison. I'm just jealous and bitter after he had one of the most beautiful goals you'll ever see uh, in League Two against us in the playoffs semifinal. Ugh. But just an ex- inspiring dude. How old is he? 41, 42? He's going to be 43 this season. 43 by the end of the season. Incredible. For all the reasons you're not below league so much. You don't get that in the Premier League. You don't get that. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Inspiring. I'm hoping our own Jameel Matt will become Kevin Ellison for us. He's only 31, though. So he's got a lot of years. But 12 years, Nathan. In 12 years, exactly. Inspiring dude, though, Kevin Ellison. Anyway, uh, so Gabriel, who do you think is going to be the most improved player in League Two this season? Most improved player? That's a very good question. Um, I'm really excited by um, by some of the players at Exeter because they seem to be really good at sort of developing young players. Um, I suppose in terms of um, a bit of a left field check, they've kind of got this eye for a gem, Exeter City, I think. And uh, there's a lad called um, Josh Poley, who's a, a really exciting winger they've signed from Maidenhead. Uh, they reckon he could be converted into a right wing back now. He probably wouldn't fit your idea in sense of played for them last season. But in terms of stepping up from the National League, I think he could be the most improved player in that sense. Either maybe on the left or front three or four, or maybe as a right wing back contender if Josh Key leaves, you never know. So Josh, Key, Josh Coley, I think, is, is one to look at for. Nice. What nice, about you, Edward? Nice. I'm going to go with one a bit more established at this level, but um, I've got quite a fancy with deeper lying midfielders. Sort of ones that are a bit more aggressive in spraying passes. And the one I think particularly watching is Elliot Watt of Bradford City. Yeah. Scottish Youth International plays in this deeper role. Is what I'd call an aggressive passer. Someone who really try and force these passes either through to the front line or through to people making runs in behind. They don't always pay off. They're quite high risk. But when they do, you're pretty much in 1v1 with a good goal scoring chance. And he will play in this role. It's likely he could play alongside someone with a bit more solidity like Jan Songo and the Derek Adams this season. And I think you're looking at a player that could be a really, really good midfielder at this level of the season. So Elliot Watt would absolutely be my pick. Love it. Love it. Uh, all right. So who this year in League Two could double as a bartender? Like you see him behind the counter at your local pub. You wouldn't think twice. There's another beautiful thing about League Two. There's always some guys in League Two like that. So Edward, we'll start with you. You're the brewer yeah. here. Well, if he's doubling as a bartender, he's got good service, right? David Worrell at Port Vale, without a shadow of a doubt. That man's service is absolutely exceptional. Yes. I was wondering maybe about Nicky Adams at Oldham as well as a potential alternative. But Worrell's creativity is exceptional. I could just see him in a tuxedo just out on the bar, just delivering the drinks every time. Just sliding them across the counter straight to you. He can be miles away and still get on target. I love it. I love it. Gabriel, what about you? Oh, it's a very good question. I, and I, I certainly go along with what Ed said about David Worrell. Although what interests me is that if Port Vale plays three at the back as wingbacks this season, is that going to be the best for him? Because he's been uh, a wide forward previously. But going on to uh, Forest Green, I suppose, um, uh, one player who can slide the drink saver or slide a free pass and trying to make a link work here. Um, there's a lad called uh, Regan Henry who was um, apparently that they, they he, he used the hashtag Regan Henry, which I really liked. That's um, right. That's very clever. That's why we so, signed him. 
yeah. purely for the purely for the hashtags. Yeah, you've got a nickname there, after I haven't you? Um, yes, that was that's I, an easy one. Yeah, I know people who follow Scottish football who say he's a very technical player. He's left-footed. He can kind of slide a through ball or dictate play. And I think he's someone who's going to take the ball off a Oaks or a more Taylor or a Cargill and just really get Forest Green moving with that technical ability. So he's someone I'm really excited to see. I've got to be honest. I thought you were going to say Nicky Cadden when you said Forest Green. That was who went by. Yeah. You said Forest Green, definitely. Cadden could Yeah, remember. he's great. Absolutely. Isn't he? yeah. I'm hoping he can stay healthy. And I love that uh, I asked you both a really stupid question and you gave me like legitimate good answers. So I love it. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, okay, so Edward, goalkeeper of the season. That's really difficult because there's Ooh. a lot. The, the overall quality of goalkeepers in this league is very good. Last season for me, it was about Club Clarke at Salford who looks a mile above everyone else. He's now moved on elsewhere. In terms of a new one, I wonder, they've only just signed him today, but Cameron Dawson's gone to Exeter City on loan from Sheffield Wednesday. And I feel like that could be a really, really good signing for this level. I kind of see him above League Two level, to be honest. So if I had to make an early candidate, I think I'd go through him. I'd, I'd like to put forward a left field candidate here. And I think Carl Rushworth at Warsaw will have a brilliant season because I've talked to people who follow Brighton under 23s and normally when you know someone signs a loan player for a Premier League club they say yeah, he's quite good he's you know very energetic got technical bits and pieces here and there you know we'll see how he gets on with the step up to senior football that's generally the approach when it comes to loan players and especially goalkeepers where you know it's you generally lean towards experience. So the fact that Brighton and 23's followers have said this lad is absolutely amazing. He's had some loan spells uh, in non-league where he's done brilliantly. The great chock stopper he can distribute, which will suit their style of play this season. I think he'll be right. He could make the team of the season this year. I think Rashworth. I think he's definitely one. I thought. Nice. Well, uh, I hope you're both wrong when they play Forest Green. You hear that, Jamma? All right, so uh, Gabriel, here we go. Biggest League Two conspiracy. Like maybe a player you're you not sure exists, like a government conspiracy crafted by the CIA. Maybe a team that none of us believe actually exists, like Hartlepool United. <laughs> it's Hartlepool. Um, I, yeah, uh, I, I, I mispronounced. See, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Furthering my point. <laughs> uh, hard, hard, hard or pull the United I don't think this hard pull um, But what I will say is I'm not 100% sold on Leighton Orient because um, there's a lot of excitement about them because Kenny Jackett, the proven manager, he's done well before uh, in Vision of. I think that the way Kenny Jackett plays, it's all about how good the target man is. So if you've got a strong, tall centre forward that's reasonably mobile and has a bit of quality in terms of the hold-up play, then that goes a long way to making you competitive under Jacket. Um, at the moment, I'm not convinced that Leighton Orient have got the right centre-forward. They've got Aaron Drennan, who didn't do brilliantly at Ipswich last year. They've got Harry Smith, who is very much target man, but I don't know if he's got the mobility or the quality that's required in order to build your team around that. So those will be my concerns. Um, I can see why lots of people fancy Leighton Orient, but I'm just not quite convinced what they need. What about you, Edward? We're talking conspiracy theories here. 
Yeah, uh, so, so again, I asked a completely stupid question, but Game Boy gave me like a legitimate, really good answer. Teams you think don't <laughs> exist, or you don't want to believe exists. Or, is or players. Can I say Salted City? Ooh, <laughs> Can we just throw that in there? I don't know. Salted, oh. Divi- Salted, of course, are a team that divide a lot of opinion. Um, yes. I personally think they'll have a, a much, the best campaign they've had so far. They really need to, to be honest, with the ambition those owners have, but they're mm-hmm. certainly one that divides a lot of opinion. So if you want a conspiracy, we'll go with that. I love it. I love it. And I have a follow-up question about them a little bit later, but I'll, I'll save that for later. But I think you both lost some credibility here. I think the wall is being pulled over your sheep eyes, gentlemen, because the answer is Harvey Bunker. And the fact that you don't know that scares me. Do you know who Harvey Bunker is? He is. Well, he, he's, a, he's a conspiracy on our team. We None of us believe that he actually exists. He is on the roster. He was on the roster last year. He's back on the roster. No one's actually seen him in person, though. So Harvey Bunker is the answer, unless... You guys are part of this. We well, I I, I can't (laughs) speak for Ed, but I can say that my number one aim in my life is to make sure that nobody knows of Harvey Bunker's uh, existence. That would explain it. That would explain it. Yep, that says a lot. All right, here we go. Defensive player of the season, Gabriel. Who's your defensive player of the season? My defensive player of the season, um, I've got to go with Mickey Dimitriou of Newport County. Again, another player who's unfortunately part of the side that knocked Forest Green out of the playoffs last season. But I think that, you know, with one or two key men leaving Newport, they're going to need to rely on someone like Dimitriou, who's been there for a number of years, worked very well under Michael Flynn before, very strong centre-back, good leader, got a good long throw on him as well. That's another contender for the long throw position, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go with Mickey In terms of for me, um, this is really difficult. I was debating quite a few. I reckon Aaron Hayden at Carlisle United, who showed certainly last season alongside Reese Bennett, that he can just be an absolute rock in defence. There was a point where those two were just completely unbeatable. Carlisle were absolutely flying and then got hit by COVID and the condition of their stadium as well meant that they were just not able to get consistent on the games and I think they went about two and a half months without playing a single match and by the time they restarted it it all fallen quite away but Aaron Hayden for me is one of the best centre-backs in this league level I think he's a physically dominant player can be good on the ball as well offers all the qualities you want from a one centre-half so if I had a defender of the season candidate I think I'd go with him Nice, nice Alright, so let's move on now to one of the most coveted uh, end-of-season EFL awards most confused for a fan most often confused for a fan by security of the season i'll save you guys i'll save you guys time on this one i, I already know the answer the answer is lewis thomas our goalkeeper lewis thomas friend of the pod we love this man but if you ever get a chance you should check out his first signing photo with us you know most players in their signing photo they try to look sharp trendy dripping whatever uh lewis looks like he was pulled straight from the south stand and we all love it and we love him for it you should check that out when you get a chance anyway let's move to midfield gabriel who's our league league two midfielder uh of the season well i think that when it comes to midfield you can't look too far beyond mountfield town uh, because i think they've got some very good ones at this level and i think that that wasn't the area where they let themselves down. It was probably in other areas, in attack, in terms of maybe the goalkeeping situation. 
so I think their midfield will be very strong. And I'm a big fan of George Maris. He plays at the base of Nigel Plus Diamond. He's very good at his reverse passes. He can control games. Um, and I expect Mansfield to have a good season. Maris, I think, is good at the dirty work as well. So a very well-rounded midfielder in a good midfield. And I think it'll be a good Mansfield side this season as well. I have two and I can't separate them. So could I go with both? I've got... Well, they sign these yes. twins, Ed. <laughs> they might as well be. They'd be an awesome midfielder if they were. Um, I, I, I can't decide between Tom Connell at Port Vale and Callum Guy at Carlisle. They were two who were actually in my personal team of the season last year in that kind wow. of deeper midfield role. And I think they could have another exceptional campaign. Tom Connell is someone who's rapidly showing himself to be one of the best centre midfielders at lower league level. Found a real goal-scoring touch recently. 18 goal involvements last season. I think it was 10 goals and 8 assists. A lot of creativity, great range of passing as well. Callum Guy typically sits a bit deeper, but provided more assists last season than anybody else in the division. Very nice with the Carlisle team that was trying to aim a lot of passes over the top to make runs in behind. So I can't separate those two. So I go with I'd have to go both if I'm allowed to have both. I'll take them. Nice. A lot of love for Port Vale so far. A lot. I love to hear it I, as a, uh, a Staffordshire boy. You know. Ale- Got to do it. What's that? Staffordshire boy. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Staffordshire. County. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Ale and Vale podcast. Shout out to those guys. Uh, awesome dudes. Made me love Port Vale. Um, all right. So here we go. Another coveted one. The Hector Berin. Kit Sustainability Player of the Year for minimal use of material in their shorts. What do you guys think? Who wears the shortest use. shorts in League Two? Okay. It's the shortest shorts. What about so mineral use material? I um um. So what would be material that you'd have in your shorts that wouldn't be very? Okay? <laughs> what wouldn't be very? Okay well, I'll tell you what. I've got one because. Okay, go on. There's some material, right? So I'm thinking naturally a smaller player that doesn't require that big size short. So oh, I'm going to go Josh Falkingham at Harrogate Town. About five oh. foot six, diminutive little yes. midfielder. You see him running about. He's actually really good on the ball. I think he's been Harrogate's captain it. recently. So I'll go with him because yeah. he's not that big. He doesn't need a lot of material in his shorts to get his kit together anyway. But he's a great player. I love it. I love it. Gabriel, do you have a response to this stupid question? I'll, uh, I, think, I'll think I'll give this one to Ed. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you're both sweeping. That, that is a good. That is a good answer. And I remember watching him last year, uh, Falkingham, and being like very impressed by how good he was and how small he was. But anyway, you're both sleeping on my man, Drippy Don Bernard, the shortest shorts in the game. You got to check him out. The best short shorts in the game. You got. You guys rock by the hair. <laughs> yes, the hair is great by his too. Hair. He's got a great vibe going on too, and uh, off the pitch too. He, he's he's very he's known for trendy, trendy fashion. When we had him on, there's a famous picture of him in like a Hawaiian like shirt. So when he, he came on the pod, my pod partner and I, Sean, we we donned Hawaiian shirts. He came on not in a Hawaiian shirt, but he immediately changed into a Hawaiian shirt for us. It was awesome. Another awesome dude, Don Bernard. The other thing I think about uh, Don Bernard, Nathan, is he's uh, he's very versatile and he seems to be really yes. aggressive. Like he'll throw himself into a challenge straight away and I kind of feel I don't know what you think but like alongside someone who's going to be really technical like Hendry as I've described or Stevenson even like you're going to need those battling qualities as well yeah oh, I agree he was used in so many different positions last season when you think they've got the minute they've got Kane Wilson Bailey Cargill Moore Taylor and Dokes back there at the minute he could well go in midfield potentially put him alongside Ebo Adams or Ben Stevenson or maybe even slightly behind him I think he'd Versatility makes him so useful. 
Oh yeah, that's one of the many reasons we love Drippy Dom. He can play anywhere. The only thing he hasn't done is scored, and I was hoping, I was dying for him to score last year. He didn't, he didn't score, but this is the year he's gonna score. Come on, Dom. And also, our, our fellow, I love Dokes, also did not get on the on the score sheet last year, but he was close. He had a header that looked like it was in, but in the end they called it a known goal. I forget who that was against, but we need Dokes and Drippy Dom to score this year. Um, so there's my this prediction: Dokes and Drippy Dom are going to be in the running for the Golden Boot this year. Anyway, speaking of Golden Boot, Attacking Player of the Year, Gabriel. Attacking Player of the Year. I'm going to go with Sam Nombe at Exeter City. I think he's he's very quick, very energetic. He's had a bit of a spell higher up the divisions that haven't gone quite as smoothly as he would have liked. But I think he's someone that could be a real carry a real threat at this level. Last year, Exeter had Ryan Bowman as their main focal point. And while Bowman's a decent striker, he earned a move to Shrewsbury. I think they're going to have a lot more bait and mobility up top in a 3-5-2 this year because they've also got Joel Randall maybe even more of a central role potentially. So him and Nombe, I think, can cause a lot of problems with their movements. And I can see Nombe maybe grabbing quite a few goals as well, maybe between the 20 mark. Yeah, when you talk top attacking player, do you mean top scorer or just generally one of the best sports? No, I'm going to get the scorer next, but yeah, just top. Okay, just one top of the best attacking player. players. Could be the okay. same, but... Okay, well, um, might not be a popular one, but I'm going to go Aaron Collins at Bristol Rovers. Ooh. We know we saw. You I'm just saw kidding. First, we love Aaron Collins. You but... saw firsthand Ooh. how good he was last season. I yeah. absolutely love him. Oh, I yeah. think he's one of the most underrated players at this level. When he plays mm -hmm. behind a focal point of striker like he was with Jamil Matt, you really saw the best out of him. He could just drift yeah. into the channels. No one was able to mark him because his movement off the ball was so strong. And he's got great quality with his feet as well. And I feel like that's one of the main signs to me that make Bristol Rovers potentially a good team this season. Absolutely, yeah. We were devastated to lose him. We we thought he was gone. Uh, honestly, we thought when it came to the players whose contracts were up, we thought he was gone. We thought Dokes was gone. We thought Lewis Thomas was gone. We were so thrilled to get Lewis Thomas and Dokes back. We were shocked by those signings, actually. Uh, but Aaron Collins, we, we we were pretty confident was leaving. We were just a little surprised he stayed in League Two, though. We thought he yeah. would move up, move yeah. up a league. But then again, Bristol Rovers are. You know, probably one of the favorites, not in, not in Gabriel's rankings, uh, but probably one of the favorites to go up. Um, so, so it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, okay, that's that's it hurts. It hurts. He's one of our one of ours, but I totally totally get it. He so much potential, so much potential in Aaron Collins. Um, and then maybe this is the same answer, but who's gonna win the Golden Boot? Edward, I think I, I th if oh, I can jump Gabriel. in here, here Nathan, <laughs> yeah. I think I think Danny Johnson at Mansfield Town. He's um, got my answer, by the way. So let's go for it. I agree. Yeah, there we go. Um, and and my case for that, Nathan, is um, scored 17 goals last season for Leighton Orient, who I don't think are actually that creative aside. So a lot of his goals for Leighton Orient were pretty much pressing opposition defenders, stealing it, and then sort of finishing chances that he's created. But Mansfield, with midfielders like Maris, who I've described previously, I think he's going to have a lot more chances that are going to be created for him by his teammates. And for that reason, if he can get 17 goals for Leighton Orient, Who's to say he can't get 30-odd for, for Mansfield Town? Um, I think that that's a, that's a real possibility. Oh, 30 is a push. When's that last happened? <laughs> 30s. Last year, right? That's, that's, How many that's did Mullen a bold call. Mullen, oh, no, yeah, that's yeah, true. Mullen, but Mullen, that was, that was a freak of nature, that thing, last so, season. Yeah. That was and a, a related question. 
Related question, who is the player most likely to win the Golden Boot, get promoted to League One, and then leave the leagues for an American-owned fifth-tier National League team in Wales? So say Danny Johnson. <laughs> Let's just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first year following uh, League or Last year was our first year following League Two. Does that, does that not happen every year? No, it was quite seismic, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think anyone saw that coming. That was a real surprise. No. What do you guys make of that? I know it's not League Two related anymore, but I, I yeah. get why they I get why they've done it. It's a statement sign. It's a real statement that you get in the guy. Yeah. Who, to be fair, has only ever done that kind of season once before. But part of the reason for that is because at his previous clubs, he just wasn't getting the consistent game time. At Cambridge as yeah. well, he was getting the opportunity to have three or four shots a game. So it was always likely he was going to be able to find a net on a consistent basis. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, certainly, in terms of both with his teams to getting promotion and him probably getting the golden boot and getting high numbers. But it might work. I'd look to I'd look to Wrexham team to be honest, and they don't really scream that good service at the minute. So I still think they need quite a lot more added. He's going to get a lot of goals, but it's a big statement signing without doubt. Wow. Yeah, shocking, shocked the world there. Uh, nobody saw that coming. Moving from the third tier down to the fifth tier, uh, I gotta imagine there was a lot of money, a lot of money involved there. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on to maybe the biggest question for players player of the season edward and then gabriel i'm gonna go back to him and i'm gonna go tom conlon at port vale i think you're looking at a midfielder that for me i think could be playing with some of the best league one sides right now i i absolutely love everything he's got it's his all-round game he's more of an attacking player certainly more of a creator with some goals going at the end but there's added added parts to his defensive game as well and in this Port Vale team under Daryl Clark, you could really see the best of him. We were seeing it in the back end of last season. He was looking the best until in the league. It's not one of the best. And if he carries that into this campaign, there might not be anyone that even comes close to him in terms of midfield quality. I'm going to contest that, Ed. I'm going to go with Vegan Henry. Oh. Hey, let's go! Really? Let's go! Nice. Let's go! That's what I love to hear, Gabriel. Get the good books. Let's go! <laughs> so, uh, why, why Vegan Henry? Uh, well, I think I, I talked about him previously. Um, I think he's going to have a very good left foot, brilliant technician, um, gets, can get about the pitch, but generally um, it's going to be really strong on the ball. And I think the way that I'd imagine Rob Edwards is going to get first green playing, I see him having a lot of touches. There might be a few games where he has like 100 touches of the ball, because I think a lot of play is going to go through him. And I think that's a really smart signing. So I, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if he's one of the top players in the division. Oh, you love to hear that. And, you know, we I mean, I've only seen highlights, so I haven't seen him like play in a full, full match. But uh, when he left, we talked to so many fans from his previous club and they were just... They were, they were happy for us. They were sad that he left. They knew he was leaving, but they were shocked that he didn't go to like a bigger team, which kind of mm. gave us a lot more confidence. Shout out to Richard Hughes again, our last guest, actually. Richard Hughes, the director of football for Screen Rovers, just kills it with, in my humble opinion, with recruitment. And I think uh, Regan Hendry was, was no exception. And then thanks to Regan Hendry, I think part of the reason why we got Jack Aitchison back, which was also awesome. They were, they were kind of friends. Uh, and then, uh, I can't wait to see yeah. him back. Oh, us too, us too. Um, okay, so unrelated to FGR this season, but Gabriel, a shared interest we have is our beloved Norse deity, Odin, the Norse god Bailey. Yeah. Sadly, will not be with us this season, but thoughts on the Norse god? Do you think he has what it takes to bring your Birmingham city home to Valhalla? I hope so. Um, I think he's, uh, he's 
a very sort of dynamic attacking midfielder, got a great left foot, lots of qualities about him, composed a threat from range as well. Um, I suppose that the question would be, Blees have also got quite a lot of sort of left-footed, good attacking players because we've got Ivan Sanchez who can play on the right um, and um, Tate Strong, of course, going on loan from Manchester United. So it wouldn't surprise me if Odin Bailey goes on loan to League One and maybe the following season could be his year for champion. Yeah, uh, we we miss we love love Odin Bailey. We're gonna miss him big time this season. Uh, anyway, all right, let's move on. That that's the end of our player questions. Uh, we'll move into team in just a minute. But first, who do you guys think will be the New York City based League Two team podcast of the season? Oh, oh. What's that? The Wigan Athletic one. I don't know if there are any. I don't know if there are any good New York based uh, football league podcasts. Um, I'm not not really aware of them, so hard, hard to say. Are, all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, okay, let's move on to we'll get to manager and then we'll go to teams. So, who is the manager of the season for you? We'll start with Edward, then we'll go to Gabriel. Oh, I, I generally might go Rob Edwards. Let's go. I, I actually might go let's Rob go. Edwards. I, there's, there's something about let's this. Let's go. Having been with Mark Cooper for so long, I always mm-hmm. got the sense with Thoris Green that you guys were just nearly man. You'd have such a strong start and then something would happen, whether it was an injury yep. or whether it was a case of not being able to play games and it just fall away. And it felt like that was just what was going to continue. And Cooper, and he's obviously moved on now and gone to Barrow. There's something about Rob Edwards that I just love. He's not a particularly experienced manager, but his coaching CV is incredibly impressive. And he looks like the kind of guy just to get the best out of the score because that's what you need to do to get this team up, really. There hasn't got to be anything fancy with the tactics. It's just getting an effective system out of the players that Thoris have already got. And he really could have a fantastic season. I think in what was, I think, is his debut managerial campaign, certainly at EFL level. I think we're looking at the potential manager of the season there for sure. Yeah, oh, and I think that excites think me. Also, just to add to what Ed said, I think um, the key thing for Robert will be man management, I think. Because I don't think. Listen, Cooper's a good manager. He's done well at previous clubs, um, and I think he's had a lot of achievement. But I do think that his man management style can be quite uh, can be quite caught at times. And um, I think that Rob Edwards, having come through the youth circuit, I'm not expecting him to be lenient in the slightest, but I do think he'll be a little bit more measured in the way that he handles players. And I do think that that's going to make a really big difference. Yeah, oh, love to hear that and totally agree. Um, so many positives about him so far. And yeah, we have a lot of young players and it's great to have someone with that experience. Uh, he also has some of the, like Jack Aitchison, I believe. I forget, someone else too. He had a connection with elsewhere that that we kind of brought in. So he's getting some of his players in as well. Was and it Sadu Diallo? Was it, was it Sadu Diallo? I don't remember. I don't remember. I think, Maybe it was. Came Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah. I wonder if Martin might be Diallo. right. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's so positive too, which is like such a big change from Cooper style. And apart from on the pitch, off the pitch, like everybody loves him. He's been so great with the fans, which is something that the fans have desperately needed. Um, after five years with, with Cooper, who wasn't, you know, the most <laughs> jovial, like, you know, <laughs> um, so, so I think, I think he's a breath of fresh air for the club, for the fans and for the, for the players. And I'm really, really excited to see what he does. And I'm with you. I, I really think, you know, it's a wild card cause he's never, he's never 
uh, coached a first team before, but I, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident as well. Um, so let's move to teams now. Uh, Gabriel, who do you think is going to be the biggest kind of surprise team, maybe overachievers, dark horse, whatever? I'm sure in UK you guys have a fancy fancy term for this. Uh, who do you think is going to be the team of the season that nobody expected to be as good as they were? Um, I think Stevenage would be the closest thing I have to a dark horse because um, they um, were in very good form from November season season started then they would have made the playoffs one of the best defences which is pretty much sticking around a lot of good options in midfield they've had to get Taylor to that best. so um, I like Stevenage a lot of people are calling them dark horse as well so that almost negates the dark horse yeah. element <laughs> uh, but I think Harrogate could finish in the top half as well oh wow you've taken both my answers Oh. <laughs> I was hoping we could stick with Stevie and not go Harrogate to counter it. Oh, but, good. Um, go on. You elaborate on Harrogate. Yeah, Harrogate. <laughs> Harrogate are steady progression. They're a great example of how sustainable running can really progress a football club. They showed to be more than capable at this level last season. Flirted at, at one point with the top places. Had a very strong start. Looked very good. Simon Weaver can get them playing a very nice style of football. Very fluid. Quite a basic formation. But likes to get the fullbacks pushing on. Likes to get them progressing through the thirds of the pitch, certainly. And there's a potentially chance that they could kick on. There's a lot of quality in this league. So there's no shame in maybe finishing slightly lower down in the middle of the table. But there's a potential that Harrogate could become the side that you just don't want to underestimate. They might not finish particularly high up in the table, but you're going to have to be at your best when you play them on the day, for sure. Wow. Yeah, and I feel like that was partially true last year, too. I remember when we played them both times, I was very impressed. Mm. You know, they didn't have the, maybe the, they definitely didn't have the quality that Forest Green had, but they, they, you know, they played hard all, you know, 90 minutes. They gave it everything, and I was very impressed by, by the effort. Um, so that's that's nice to hear. Uh, so kind of the flip side of things, biggest underachievers, biggest disappointments of the season. Who's going to underachieve? Uh, we'll start with uh, Edward. Uh, I feel like Gab might say the same. I'm going Bristol Rovers. There's a lot mm. of expectation about Bristol Rovers because of the calibre of players. They have. Like I said, Aaron Collins before, I think he's one of the best at this level. And there's a lot of people who might think they could challenge. The big problem for me is this uncertainty around the manager that we have at the moment. Yeah, it's a really unfortunate situation for the club to be in. We don't mm -hmm. want them in that. It's really not good. Right. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Hopefully we'll find out before the season gets underway, but it could really jeopardise things, even if he does end up staying and he's, he's proven innocent. Barton has never really struck me as being a particularly good manager. He's always struck me as someone who will blame anyone but himself if it's not going right. Mm. He will refuse to take Sounds the blame familiar. for anything and it's part of the reason I think the Bristol Rovers I don't believe it was the right appointment to them last season anyway in the back end of that League One season not the right person to keep them up and there's a sense already that if things aren't going well straight away it could really implode and I think back to last season where we had Bolton who had a lot of expectations start really really low down but eventually came good because they had patience with him I can't see Bristol Rovers having the patience with Barton at Bolton mm. and ever. so I'm quite worried about them potentially but, falling but below expectations but the other question is, though, I mean, you've got to look at it as well and say next May is 10 months away. And if yeah. there is an early change in the managerial department, then Mr. Ravers have got... Yeah, I think you could argue, You could argue they've got the best squad in the division. So that's why I well, was... Well, definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's, there's that where there's a lot of uncertainty. I think I'd have to agree with you there. In terms of underachievers, I'm not really sold on Carlisle this year. I think they're putting... A lot of faith on that plus being 
their go-to guy that's going to really turn them into uh, a playoff top seven side. Um, I'm not sure. It feels like they're going to have to have a bit of a system rejig. I'm not sure about the structure at Carlisle. So they would be a team along with maybe Northampton that I would have in my top half. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then what about, uh, so let's move to, to relegation. Uh, who do you think is going to be relegated? We'll start with you, Gabriel. And please tell me, Tranmere and somehow Cheltenham or Cheltenham will fall from League One to the National League all in one season. Uh, Gabriel, what do you think? I, I'm afraid of, I can't. Um, I can't say Cheltenham will get double relegations. I think they'll finish. They'll stay up uh, just this year because um, I, I rate Michael Duff very highly, and I'm sure. I'm sure deep down you do too, Nathan. Yeah, um, I, I have to say I, I was very. Yeah, uh, uh, I know. I know the rivalry but i gotta say i was very very impressed with cheltenham last year and with duff uh, incredible story uh, i just hate that it was cheltenham couldn't have been any other team except for Tranmere. anyway sorry gabriel go ahead yeah so in terms of my relegation for from league two um i'm gonna go with scunthorpe and oldham because um Scunthorpe finished 22nd last year. They lost 19 players and they brought in a few, but I, I feel like that's going to be lacking and there's a lot of youngsters that are going to have to be leaned on quite heavily. And in terms of Oldham, it's primarily partly the possibility of losing Dylan Bahambula, who was brilliant last year, but also the, the structure of the club. There was an interview with a former player called David Wheater who described some of the chaos of the Lansigan reign, and I think that's really going to affect Oldham this year. So Scunthorpe and Oldham. I'm different for both. Um, I'm revealed this year, but wow. my two are Hartlepool United and Swindon Town for the main oh, reason wow. that Swindon. I think you have to you have to go on what's currently there at present. Swindon mm-hmm. have already had something major to celebrate about this season with this change of ownership. It's felt like an eternity since we've been waiting for it to happen, certainly, but Lee Powell's now at the club. They've got an Australian businessman in, in Clem Morthuni who put out this amazing statement at the start talking about the future of the club, his ambitions, there's certainly a lot bright to think about with the club. The big issue is that they've got a huge amount to do in about a month. They've got 12 contracted players at the moment, two of them being goalkeepers. Wow. There's barely wow. a full 11 at the moment. They haven't got a senior striker. I think their only first choice striker is 18. They've got Brett Pittman, who I think might potentially be on the move somewhere else, potentially, yeah. depending on what I've heard who doesn't really operate as a striker anyway. There's not a lot of goals. There's a bit of weakness in the fence. I think they'll get the numbers in, certainly to build in terms of a squad that's healthy on numbers, but there's not a guarantee that there's going to be quality there. So whilst the future for Swindon Town could be bright, it might not be very good in the short-term success, certainly, and they might have to suffer relegation. And then it's a similar case with Hartlepool, where there's just no one there at the minute. They're so low on numbers at the moment. I was listening to an interview with um, the manager, Dave, Ch- uh, Dave Challoner, couple of days ago after a defeat to Bly Spartans and he was brutally honest it was about eight minutes long and he just said we've got to get this recruitment done and we've got to do it on quick or we are in big big trouble and you can see that to be honest amongst a lot of the Hartlepool fan base at the moment they are really really concerned I echo Gabe's thoughts about Scunthorpe they're not a particularly inspiring side you look at their striker Ryan Loft who I think is one of the more complete strikers at this level could have a huge influence on keeping them afloat I don't expect them to finish particularly high I actually have them just above the relegation zone on my prediction at the moment. But compared to Hartlepool and Swindon, I feel like they're in a bit more of a stable condition. So whilst there's still a lot of the window left to go and there's the chance they could get numbers in in terms of bodies into those two clubs, I'm not that sure about their quality and they could have a really, really difficult campaign ahead of them. Wow, nice. Are you sure you're pronouncing that right? It's not Hartlepool? Hartlepool. No, but I might make it that. <laughs> Hartlepool. <laughs> 
No. Uh, all here. right. So, so, uh, so, Gav, looking back on your rankings last year, you nailed Cheltenham and Bolton, but you missed big on Cambridge, who you ranked 18th, and Morecambe, who you ranked 17th. So, does we, that we mean all, we all missed out on Cambridge and Morecambe? If we're honest, we all did. Yeah. Well, so we all so, did. We all did. <laughs> so, does that mean, guys, that I should go on Bet Victor right now, put all my money on Sutton? And Crawley Town to be promoted because that's Love your it to be Sutton. So you got year, it. Oh, go on, Gab. Yes, yeah, Sutton. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not got Sutton to be promoted. Um, I've got Sutton. Well, you've 17th. got him seventeenth and eighteenth. So based on last year. Oh, I see. Okay, that's they very should be promoted. Okay, well, uh, well, if it works like that, then we'll we'll have to see, won't we? Uh, I mean, listen. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> People can go out there and really collect my stuff with Victor, obviously gamble responsibly as well. But um, yeah, it was, it was great fun to make and, and hope you will see a few surprises this year. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so with that, guys, could we get a sneak preview well, for you, Edward, and for you, Gabriel, to just tell us your, your seven through one kind of in reverse order. You don't need to give us a lot of detail about each one, but if you could just briefly give us your seven yeah. through one. Who's the playoffs and below or above? Well, you're kind of spoiling it for. <laughs> I suppose if it comes I, I, will, I will say this is subject to change. I've been keeping a close eye on transfers recently, so this could change over the next couple of days, depending on what I've heard, certainly in terms of who could be coming into a couple of clubs. At I the minute, I have Carlisle seventh, which is in contrast Oof. to what Gab said about his lackluster. I think Carlisle are excellent. I really do. Ooh. I know there's still this reliance on Zach Clough to come fit and I agree with that certainly but I, I love the midfield unit I love the defensive unit the goalkeeper still a fine position as well if you look at them last season the only reason they didn't really end up towards the top was that period of Covid and not being able to play games and if they can carry that into this I think we're looking at a side that could be competing up towards the top sixth I've gone Mansfield really nicely I'd say they're probably one of the most complete squads at the moment under Nigel Clough a lot of goals, as we talked about already, with Danny Johnson potentially being the top scorer. A lot of midfield ability as well. We talked about George Maris's one gap brought up as well. You've got George Laps in there as well, who's proven to be a very effective box-to-box goal scorer. I always still like Clough, though, having experienced him myself as a Burton Albion fan for several years. He's someone who can get you close, but sometimes there's these in-game decisions that end up costing you valuable points at the end to be right up towards the top. And he has yet to earn a promotion directly out of the league with Derby County or Sheffield United. And he took Burton Albion up back in 2015-16 on the back of taking over the confidence of another side. So man's still a different club. It could be a different story, but I'm still a little bit hesitant about the fact that Cloth has always been a bit of a nearly man in terms of his ESL manager career. But certainly compared to the last couple of seasons, the man still, they should vastly improve and could find themselves in the playoff spot. Fifth, I've gone Port Vale. I absolutely love that side. The combination of the director, David Slickcroft, and the manager, Daryl Clark, have ever seen a really solid bit of recruitment. You look at their form last season, there was a point where they'd won eight wins, eight games of the last nine. They were in fantastic form. If they carry that into this campaign, there certainly could be that there. I've already mentioned the quality. I think Tom Conlon has certainly. Really like Jake Taylor as well. Devante Rodney, one of their forwards, I believe, has all the qualities to be really, really good at this level. I think he's got everything you want from a guy who could maybe even hold the ball up or maybe even get him behind. Very complete player there. Fourth place, I've gone with Salford because they should be. There's a lot, I feel like there should be a lot of pressure on Salford. As far as their owners are concerned, they've been this season, this division two seasons too long. They should have got out of it two seasons ago when they went straight up. I'm still not fully convinced by Gary Boyer. I don't think he's really the best at these players. And that's been my big issue with Salford really over the last couple of seasons in that 
whilst they've had the players to be probably the best team in the league, they haven't played the football that's really got effective play out of them. And I still feel like Boya more isn't the right kind of fit to these players. If they kept Richie Wellens, which a lot of people believe into last season, you could be looking at a side that would be really, really competitive. But they were a bit hasty getting rid of Wellens, basically because he didn't look like he was going to go up in the immediate term. And that's my worry with Boya as well. If they don't look like getting promotion straight away, they're just going to ax him, which is not really what you wanted. They're a bit more stable and a bit more, what's the word, patient with it. They might see a bit more success, certainly. Third, Exeter. And this depends a lot on keeping hold of what they've got. Exeter are known for producing this exceptional crop of talent. <clears throat> the fact that they've had that Ollie Watkins to Aston Villa deal and the money that's come from back yeah. means they're able to demand higher fees for the talent they've got. And they're able to drive up high prices. I know they've been a bit about, I think, with Sunderland recently about they want to thaw back Joshua Key. They're able to demand a higher price because they don't have the financial troubles that other teams in this do league, to be honest, because of the money they've had from all the Watkins and other deals as well. And if they keep hold of what they've got, it's such a complete side. I even think now with the Cameron Dawson addition recently, just today in the goalkeeper position, that we could be looking at a side that maybe finish even better than that. But as a team that's always ended up in the playoff places and missed out on it. They're desperate to miss out on the playoffs this year and there's certainly the chance they could do that. Second, I'll come with your boys, Thoris Green. Let's go! I do, yeah. Let's yeah, go! That, everything, everything about us I just love. Let's go! What, what stopped them last year really was that loss of Nicky Cannon, that horrible injury to Jimmy yes. Matt, which yeah. he yes. seems to have thankfully made that recovery oh. from it. It was not nice at all. And then Mark Cooper as well has always been that person who started like a bit nearly. He gets them in the strong and then something thaws away and he just thaws away. I don't feel like we'll get that with Rob mm -hmm. Edwards. I've already said before about how much I love him as a coach and I'm really encouraged by what he could be as a manager, even if he doesn't have that managerial experience. I feel like he's just the perfect blend for what that Forest Green group needs to really get themselves in that promotion and get into League One. At the, is it the fourth season now at this level? I'm trying to look it out in my head. Well, they went up in 2017, didn't they? So, oh, it would this be, yeah, this would be the, this season yeah. at this level. Okay, but I think this could be the one. And then my league winners, there's not a team for me I've ever felt like is a standout. I don't think there's one that's going to run away with the title share. We could see something a bit like last year where it looks a bit competitive and one team wins the title towards the end. But I'm going to go with Bradford and Derek Adams. Mm. And the main reason is Derek Adams. The guy is a born mm. winner. He has won a promotion with every single club he's been at. He won it with Plymouth Argyle at this level. He's won it with Ross County in Scotland. And he's won it with Morecambe, of course, last season. That promotion that no one really saw coming, but he ended up pulling it off. They're not a particularly attractive team under Derek Adams. They're quite rugged. They're a bit more counter-attacking based, but he's got the people to do that in people like Abu Issa and Alex Gilead, a Scunthorpe pair, really good pair of midfielders. He's got Jan Songer back in again as that midfield forcer. I've already mentioned Elliot Watts as a deeper line player alongside him. Andy Cook's back in. He had a very productive loan spell for Manchester last season. They've got him permanently now. It could be the main man for the goals up top. I don't think they'll run away with this league. I don't think anyone will run away with this league, to be honest, but I expect an effective team that will be up there towards the top of the season. And I reckon they could take the title towards the end. Wow. So That's... the seventh and one, just to make it clearer, Carlisle seventh, Mansfield sixth, Port Vale fifth, Salford fourth, Exeter third, Forest Green second, and Bradford first. Let's go. And for the listeners, that could change next week. That could that change. Could so change. make sure you that check out. Change. Yes. So Edward, what do you, or sorry, uh, Gabriel, what do you, what do you have? Hi there. Uh, I've, so I've got from 7th, Stevenage 7th, Warsaw 6th, Bradford 5th, Mansfield 4th, Newport 3rd, Forest Green 2nd, and Exeter 1st. And, and the reason for that is you can you can find out on the 1 to 24 piece of the earlier today, uh, yesterday. So uh, all, we're on. Let's uh, go. Yeah, in the last week. 
So, yeah, I think Forest Green and Rovers will be activated. Yeah, I'll do as well. That's what I love to hear. That's what I love <laughs> to hear. And you could check out more on betvictor.com. Um, awesome, awesome. So we will wrap up there. Guys, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Um, everyone, just pause the pod. Pause this pod right now if you've made it this far. <laughs> Go check out Gabriel's rankings and season preview out on betvictor.com. Follow Gabriel at on Twitter at Gab Sutton. Watch the EFL Fan Show unless he invites me back on. You don't want to watch that one. Uh, and then also go check out Edwards and the D3, D4 team rankings and preview and predictions immediately on their season preview pod, which came out on Friday. Um, also, check out Edwards uh, rankings, which may change from today. They're coming out this week. Edward, where can they find that? I'm going to be part of the preview for wheelofbetting.com. They're a betting company. They've been doing a whole load of previous decisions across all the leagues. I've taken control of the League 2 one. It'll be out in the coming days after this pod is released, so it can be very up very shortly. Beautiful. Gamble responsibly. Uh, awesome. And uh, check out also Edwards, Man at thematchdayman.com. Perfect, because, you know, we've all been away for, what, over oh, a year now. So, oh, so good. For your first away day, prepare with Edwards Match Day, man. Oh, I'm sure you guys can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get over there and get to, I, I got to go to a home match. I got to get to an away day, at least, at the very least. So I cannot wait. Uh, it would be awesome if, if the away day is up around you guys. We could uh, we could meet up for, for some beers or something. But anyway, uh, all right. So um, check out. Uh, eight, or sorry, you can follow Edward at, not at Edward Walker on Twitter because that's a professor of sociology at UCLA. Uh, but the Ed, Wa- Ed Walker that we know, that we love, is at Edward underscore W97. Follow him. You probably already do. Um, guys, deep love and appreciation. Thank you guys so much for everything you do for the lower leagues. Keep the amazing work going and continued success, guys. Thanks so much. Great to be on. Thanks a lot. Great being part of this. We go behind enemy lines and welcome to the pod the opposition view for our final preseason match against National League side that I've never heard of, Sutton U... Wait, what's that, Sham? Sham's handing me a note. <laughs> this is a real game! Oh, Sutton United is in League 2! Dan, can you confirm? Allegedly, yes. <laughs> Everyone's including us in all the, all the preseason uh, all the preseason guides <laughs> and predictions, so it looks like it happened. You sound thrilled about it. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to sink in. It still hasn't sunk in for most people at the moment. Everyone's kind of, what? Us? League two? Nah. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to get into that, but let me finish the intro here. So we welcome to the pod (laughs) enemies, but soon to be frenemies, self-described non-league idiots who are actually in the league playing us this Saturday. Uh, talking bollocks. I don't know if that's a, a curse word. If so, we'll bleep it out in editing. Uh, but they fight the good fight against watching football sober. Uh, from the hilarious Gandermonium podcast and blog, we have Dan, the man from Suttonland. Welcome to the pod, Dan. Hey, Evening, afternoon, and whatever time it is where you guys are. <laughs> uh, well, f- so first, having re- read your blog, it's very funny. I recommend everybody check it out. Uh, we were just talking before we were recording. Um, it's it's entertaining, even if you if you're not a Sutton United fan, if you're not a football fan, it's a very entertaining Absolutely. read. So I recommend everyone check it out. 
Uh, but from the blog, I know that you love to curse, and we try to keep this a family pod. So, Dan, to make our editing easier, can you get all the curse words out now? Go. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, I can control myself when necessary. It's all right. Uh, all right. Well, I, I, I can be a good, I can be... Uh, well, you know, it's... To, to us, like the, the English curse words, they don't sound as bad when they're like in the English accent. Like, <laughs> it sounds more polite. American, yeah. We're a little bit sounds more polite. on our continents. Yeah, That's right. It sounds way more polite. Uh, a quick story actually about, about the English to American, American English lost in translation. So, Dan, last season we were, we were in the playoffs, uh, semifinals against uh, Newport. League One, uh, promotion, promotion League One. I was being interviewed by BBC Glossed, and it was at halftime, and we were losing, and I think I was like, you know, yeah, we're down, it's been a tough half, we couldn't create our chances, but I am confident that Jimmy Ball is going to make the halftime adjustments, he's going to right the ship, and Don Bernard is going to, and then like mid-interview, they cut me off, they apologized to the listen- listeners uh, for my language, and then they told me off air, like, Nathan, you can't curse on the, on British radio. And I was like, I mean, I had a few beers, but I was like, I, I did not. I don't think I cursed. Anyway, so the call ended. I thought I blew my chances forever of being BBC Gloucestershire's foreign correspondent covering U.S. affairs. Um, but then tweets started pouring into BBC Gloss defending me. Uh, you know, he said, write the ship, not write the ship. Uh, it's a ship like a boat, guys. So everyone, everyone backed me up. And then I learned my lesson. Never use nautical terms on live radio. Anyway. Let's get to Sutton. Let's get to Sutton. So what's kind of the Sutton vibe, Dan? What, I love the amber and chocolate kit. Uh, just like, what's the vibe? I, I kind of get the impression, maybe you can tell me if this is how correct this is, but I get the impression that you're a bunch who love non-league football. You support Sutton. It's like your local team. Uh, you don't take yourselves too seriously. But somehow you've ended up in the league and you don't know what to make of it. How accurate is that? Um, yeah, I mean, we we've always kind of never really differentiate between non-league and just league football we've just always called it football we're just regular football fans it's just that for us the team that we fell into watching just happened to be a non-league side um so yeah we're non-league because we're outside the football outside of the the, the top four divisions but um but yeah we, we we try not to take ourselves too seriously the club's an old non-league former amateur kind of uh set up um it it, and it's it's just come on uh, in leaps and bounds over sort of the last 10, 12 years where it's just accelerated. It seems to have, we, we, we were still in the 80s and then suddenly it's 2021 um, and we're actually a 21st century run club and we're now in the Football League. It's just the way the, the place has changed and the attitudes have changed. It's, yeah, it's a lot of it's a bit of surprise and shock really. Fair enough. Yeah, we saw that you guys were founded in 1898, and um, you know, of course, Green Rovers was an 1890s team too, and you know, has come very late to league football. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of get that feeling from other people that we've talked to, uh, but we love that that spirit of non-league fandom is like getting promoted and like making it up the ladder. It's, I just it's, think it just makes it more fun. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think that's kind of what's caught a lot of people on the hop is that for so many years, the National League has been uh, one of those leagues it's, it's really difficult to get out of. Um, but also it's the last 10, 15 years, it's really become sides who are either have been able to push on because they've been well, well funded like Forest Green or they're old football league clubs. 
old non-league clubs like us generally it's it's very rare for us to compete at that top at the top of that table um so i think that's what's what what surprised a lot of people is that we, we managed to stay the course and, and, and see it out and actually win the league because um, everyone obviously thought it would be Notts County or Torquay or, or a Stockport mm-hmm. um, and not not some little <laughs> not some little <laughs> non-league club that still claims it well, we are still really a non-league in the way that everything is run mm-hmm. um, you know with average crowds of 15 1600 in, in sort of boring South London suburbia. So um, if well, we can ask but you, that's, Taz, that's yeah. story. I was just gonna say, yeah. Sean, that story. That's what okay. makes the the football pyramid, you know, so beautiful, so appealing. Like that's it. That's the dream. It's it's so cool uh, to, to to kind of follow your story and see how you've made it, and and not you know in a totally superficial way, like maybe someone like Wrexham, for example, right now in the National League that just have poured a bunch of money and just bought Paul Mullen from League One, actually. <laughs> Uh, last year's League Two uh, score, so it's really cool to see what you guys were able to do. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Taz. Uh, do you remember what your reaction was when it was clinched when you knew you were going up? Um, it was mostly just delirium, lots of jumping around and hugging random people. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we we were one up against Hartlepool, and we were well on top in the game. They weren't causing us any problems, but everyone. This goes back to, again, I was not taking ourselves too seriously. We always stood there not thinking we've won it at 1-0. It's like, we need two or three more here, just to be sure. <laughs> just so we don't screw this up. Um, but yeah, when that when Louis John bundled in the second goal, um, the, there was only a thousand of us in the ground because of all the COVID regs. It was the first, literally the first game we'd been back since December last year. Wow. And wow. just the whole place just went nuts. Everyone just went crazy because I think at that point, everybody went this is happening. This is this is going to happen. Um, and then we, we Isaac Alafi popped up at the end with a third just to make sure. Um, but yeah, it was just um, a bit of just gen, genuine sort of overjoyed happiness and a bit of really. Um, yeah. But, but yeah the, the vast majority, of it, like I say, it hasn't sunk in for a lot of people. I don't. I don't think it will until we've played a few games. Until people have oh, been, yeah. you know, places like Bradford and stuff like that, and sort of yeah, yeah. the huge stadiums. Here. Yeah, stadiums, right? Yeah, and that's why we love sports. You love to see those moments. You love to see people reach that level of happiness. It's also great of your lads to oblige you the extra goals to mm-hmm. go for fan neuroses. You know, because I think everyone's like that. Like, yeah, we need those. We need that cushion. <laughs> I have to admit, too, I love the name of the ground, Gander Green Lane. It just rolls off the tongue, and I, I think I would mm-hmm. proudly tell anyone <laughs> that I was heading for an afternoon at Gander Green Lane. So, for it's, me, after the uh, new lawn, of course. Best, best name for a ground in, in England. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one that it, it's like it's it's a it's a proper stadium name in that the ground's named after the road that runs along it. The, the ground right. is a far more boring name, but everyone calls it Gandhi <laughs> Lane. So that's where it is. So. <laughs> yeah. I and I miss it. that too. You know, I, I miss that the less kind of corporate aspect of things. Just saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm heading down to Gander Green yeah. Lane, and you know, we know the money is important for getting players and that sort of thing, but man. Just, uh, we love the culture aspect of it, which is why we also got into Forest Green Rovers, just for that that culture of, of fandom. And again, like not being too aggro, you know, I think 
all of that stuff has sort of moved online now. So whereas people probably used to yeah. fight in the terraces or get in fights, now it's just like abusing people online. It's yeah, like, that's, we that's, don't want that. We just want to go and have fun and enjoy with good people. <laughs> yeah, people have people have people have kept the, uh, the the abusing people side, but now they've moved it online so, the, so they don't get a smack in the mouth for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they find their loophole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's go to the match now, Dan. So on to the match. Who do we need to know? Who's scoring goals? Who's stopping goals? Who's doing whatever else good players do? Like, basically, when Sham and I are at the bar, at the pub uh, on Saturday, talking to our friends who don't listen to this pod, by the way, uh, who are we telling them about <laughs> so we sound smart? Um, well, the, the, the title was built on uh, just being solid, hard to beat, defence. Uh, the two centre-backs, uh, Louis John, Ben Goodliffe, both were near as damn it faultless last year they were brilliant um the keeper as well dean bazanis he's got plenty of experience he's a, a good stopper um and also in the middle of the park you've got uh craig eastman um former arsenal player uh, and uh, he's been with us several years now um played champions league football under arsene wenger um so wow. he's he's got masses of experience he's I, I i think he just enjoys playing with us and he's kind of you know, has accepted that I don't need to go chasing a, a ridiculously stellar career. I'm getting I'm getting paid to play football, and I think he just enjoys it and he stuck around because he wow. definitely should be playing. At he should have been playing League Two at least League One football, bare minimum. Um, but yeah, he's quality. He's he anchors the midfield for us. Um, up front, uh, we've got Omar Bugil, who's a big lump. He just wins everything in the air. <laughs> Combative, you know, proper. Played for four sort of, three and two, I think. Yes, yeah, he did, didn't he? Um, so yeah, he, Omar's Omar played a big, didn't score many goals, but that's not really his job. He's there to mm -hmm. just get stuck in up front and just allow us someone yeah. to play off. Um, and Matt likes to play with wingers as well. So the main main ones, David Adjiboy on the right, who's we got from Worthing a couple of years back. He was actually Matt's first signing, and uh, it, to see his development's been brilliant. He's one of those small little nippy wingers, loves going at people, loves running at players, plenty of, you know, good on the turn and driving runs. Um, so he he'll be, he should hopefully be a threat this year. Um, and we've made a couple of other signings. We've signed uh, Enzo Budwin from Notts County, who's a, a tricky winger as well. So so hopefully we'll be able to replicate a little bit of what, uh, what got us here in the first place. I hope you will, but I hope you won't on Saturday. Uh, I, by the way, yeah, are, yeah. are you going to the match? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be in Stroud for 11 a.m. Everywhere we go away, we're oh. always there by 11. Pub opening time, 11 a.m. Hey, so, I love it. Yeah, I saw that on the vlog. <laughs> your I love it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on the, yeah. I think it's the half nine train out of Paddington. So we'll be we'll be in Stroud oh, having it. a few beers and then probably just en masse piling into cabs on the, over to the ground. <laughs> but yeah, there should be a few oh, of us I there. love it. That's great. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to meet up too, so we'll have to we'll have to cheers you on that one. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, from across That's the right. pond here. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Okay, well, one right, last so let's one close last this out, Shimmy. Yeah, oh, sorry. Just one, one, one last uh, scouting related question. <laughs> so uh, I was reading the Wikipedia, and uh, Jenny the Giraffe. <laughs> you know she she rocks the Sun United uh, kit with pride. <laughs> but I also was reading that she's been known to wear a scarf in winter. Should we expect <laughs> Jenny the Giraffe to wear a scarf this winter? Um, it depends. Really? I, I would have, 
maybe I don't know. Maybe she want. Maybe she'll want to. You know, look a, a tough. You know, a bit tougher. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, <laughs> one, to be honest, she's a giraffe. So one scarf, unless it's a really bloody long one, isn't going to sure. have much effect. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, listen. You don't want to. You don't want to put the club resources into that. Just avoid that. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, we we've, we've had to buy a new pitch. Flood. New floodlights have gone up today. <laughs> new turnstiles. Uh, new stand going in. So yeah, the last thing we need is a, a 17 foot lot to have to buy a 17 foot long scarf. Sorry, <laughs> Jenny. Next year. Next year, Senya did stay up. And yeah, if we, year, if we next year. If we can stay up. We'll see if we can squeeze that into the budget yeah. for us. <laughs> nice. Well, here we go, Nathan. Now who's going to sound smart at the bar on, on Saturday? You'll have all the players in the That's defense. Right. I'll have my Jenny and the uh, giraffe talk. So. There we go. All right. Close this out here, Sean. Yeah. So, uh, finally, what is your prediction for this Saturday, Taz? Um, it's a tough one because we, we don't really know. Bar sort of Hartlepool... Um, we don't really know much about a lot of the sides. I know Forest Green had a really good season last year and made the playoffs. So we're expecting you guys, I guess, to be there or thereabouts again this year. So it's going to be, it's a tough opener. Um, I'll take a draw. Well, you know, it's, it's, we'll go away. Hopefully Matt, like I say, will be solid, hard to beat. Um, and then see if we can nick something. But I'd, I'd be happy with a draw opening day and then just build from there. Well, I hope you are wrong. I hope we get the win. But, uh, Dan, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for educating yeah, us about Sutton no United. Anytime. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, best of luck this season. Worst of luck on Saturday, but best of luck this yeah. season. Uh, we, are, we are rooting for you. You are like, uh, you know, yeah. we love the underdog story. That's part of kind of what, you know, brought us to League Two, brought us to Forest Green. And uh, so we're rooting for you. And I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people in the le- in, in League Definitely. Two are rooting for Sutton. Definitely. So I don't know. Uh, kind of, pretty much everyone predicted kind of the... us to go down. <laughs> all, <laughs> no, all the predictions not, I see, everyone thought in Gabriel. the too. Yeah, Gabriel no, did. actually, on this same pod. No, Gabriel's, that, Gabriel's good lad. pod that you're on, Dan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have Gabriel also on the pod. It's a very Suttony pod. We got Gabriel yeah. Sutton. We got yeah. you from Sutton United. But anyway, we have Gabriel and we have Edward Walker <laughs> on, and neither one predicted Sutton to go down. Uh, I think they picked, I don't remember who they picked. Hart, well, whatever. You, you, whoever, if you're listening right now, you heard it already because we already played that part. But uh, <laughs> anyway, they did not pick Sutton to go down. They both have Sutton surviving, and, and uh, Sean and I are on board with that. We hope so, too. Yeah, They're our new favorite non-league team who's in the league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, all right, Dan. We won't hold you. Go enjoy your Friday, my friend. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. And, uh, yeah, enjoy Saturday at the match. We will do. And uh, maybe speak to you again later in the season, lads. Yes, we'll sir. Cheers. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe an away day, Shaman, in South London. Maybe we do an away day hey. in South London. You'll be that welcome. Pretty cool. I'll love to stroll down Gander Green Lane. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be blown away. You'll be blown away. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Dan, thank you so much, man. Cheers, guys. Oh, man. Shimmy. First, huge thanks to Edward. Huge thanks to Gabriel. Unbelievable analysis. They've forgotten more than we know, Shimmy, which is not hard to do. Uh, incredible. Incredible, guys. I'm so, I cannot believe how optimistic they are about us, and I'm yeah. so excited for it. Freaking Hendry, player of the wow. year. Wow. 
Uh, Rob Edwards, manager of the year. Like, so excited. Dokes, young player of the year. Like, ah, uh, they both ranked the second, and they said if, if Rob Edwards is, like, half as good as he as he could be, they could see us running away with it. I'm so excited, man. Wow, so excited wow. for this Let's season. Let's hope that's the case. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Shimmy. I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, it was such a difficult, a difficult ending to last season, but an uplifting one. It ended on a on a positive yeah. note. Um, but man, I would just love for us to have made the right moves this summer and, like, like you said, run yeah. away with it. Oh man, I can't wait, Shimmy. Can't wait for this Saturday, baby. Speaking of, what are we gonna do this Saturday, Shimmy? Where, where are we gonna watch the match? Mm. Where are we gonna watch the match? Probably gonna have to be at uh, one of our two places, right? Or. Or we might have to uh, try to court a local establishment, a local publican house. Yeah, you know the play, the bar there. down the block from us, actually, that we watched. Uh, what did we watch there? What did we watch there recently? Uh, the uh, the Euro, Euro final. final right? That's right. We watched the Euro final there. That could be a decent <laughs> candidate if we can get yeah. all of our Brooklyn and uh, Queens friends to come up to us in uh, Manhattan. But in any case, we gotta we got yeah we gotta figure that out. Um, kind of short notice to do a, a big uh, a big bar again we're definitely going to do several bar watchings this year but this one might have to be a local keep it local but anyway i cannot wait i cannot wait shimmy. um also shimmy another thing i've been doing all the previews i Same love here, it all these preview pods are oh my goodness they've been awesome ranking everyone's so <laughs> positive on shimmy i'm so excited for this season um yeah a lot of optimism shimmy. a lot of hope a lot of hope all right shimmy Let's do it. Let's get out of here, Shimmy. Up the Vegan Rovers. Up the Vegan Rovers. We are FGR. We are FGR. And you know we gotta... Raise, raise hail. Raise hail. Praise hail. Praise hail. Hail, yeah. All right. <laughs> Cannot wait for Saturday. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, my friends.